Welcome to the Why Don't We Talk podcast with your host, me, Renu Ravalia. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode. So today's topic. Now before I go into the details of today's topic, I thought I'd give you a bit of background. This might help you to understand where I'm coming from. So religion and traditions. So I'm Hindu. I'm actually something called Hindu Sindhi. So we originate from Sindh in Pakistan. After the partition, we left Pakistan and we had to go to wherever there was business. So we're a very entrepreneurial, business-based community. We believe in Guru Nanak and all his teachings, but we also believe in all the other gods as well, all the Hindu gods. I remember my parents saying when I was younger that it's really, really important for us to marry our own, to stick to your own community. Never really understood why. And although my first husband was Sindhi, I'm now married into a Gujarati family. Thing is, we assume that religion holds us together. But what we don't realise is it's traditions and upbringings that make things really different and make us different as people. No two families are going to be the same. And some families will take on traditions more than others. I think as a woman, it's really difficult. We enter into a new family and we get stuck. We get stuck between pleasing our families and pleasing ourselves. And this can cause real problems. I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. And today's guest can vouch for this same thing as well. I'm sure she has the same feelings. So today, as I speak with Harry Dokia, we will find out why don't we talk about cross-cultural marriages. Hi, Harry. How are you? Hi, Renu. I'm great, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm good. Enjoying this amazing weather. It's so nice outside. So thank you for joining me today. I gave a bit of um, information on my intro about myself and my background and sort of traditions and religion and stuff. And I know the listeners would love to hear about you. So can you tell us a bit about you, your religion, traditions, beliefs, and just about yourself in general? Okay, so um, I'm British born. I'm youngest of four. Um, Hindu Gujarati, so basically my my ancestors, like from grandparents and prior, have originated from Gujarat, which is a state in India. So I've lived in London all my life. Um, my parents and siblings, they're all African-born. Um, they came into the UK in the early 70s, so clearly I was an afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> I, I run my own businesses. Um, I offer an interior service to property developers and house builders. And I also have an e-commerce business selling funky home accessories. Um, so that takes me up for my full-time job. Um, I'm extremely open-minded, but similar to you, I'm also on the journey of well-being, self-love, cleansing my aura, and things like trusting in angels, angel cards, readings, working on my mind, body, and soul. So each day I'm, I'm learning, and I I'm, believe in the power of gratitude, love the concept of law of attraction, which stems from reading The Secret many, many years ago. I'm a big believer in the power of crystals, and I'm just learning so much more about it. I guess by being the youngest of four siblings, I've learned from their successes and mistakes along the way. Um, I'm quite traditional at heart, and that's due to my upbringing in a traditional home. But I'm open to practical methods, things that make sense, um, and then things that are able that I'm able to better myself and my surroundings. And yeah, recently I got married. Um, got married in February to Sati. Um, it's definitely been a journey to the start of the year, but currently enjoying an extended honeymoon during lockdown. 
So you said you're quite traditional, right? So I would say I'm not very traditional. And when I say that, it means that I don't really pray every day, although I do light a candle and have rituals that I do. I believe in obviously God and I believe that there's somebody looking over us. Um, But I wouldn't say I'm attached to superstitions or traditions. And that was done on a very personal level because I just didn't understand the point of them. So I kind of Mm. unhooked from that. But when you say you're traditional, what does that actually mean? I think that just stems from my upbringing and like for example I love Navratri it's a very colorful festival um for my community I've organized many events on Garba and Dandia Diwali events so you know I I just get involved and I think it's a, a fun way of bringing the community together so I'm quite traditional in that way that you know my heart's there but you know even when it comes to um, praying and stuff you know we've got a, a box room which is just allocated as a temple room at my mum and dad's house mm-hmm. so I think it's all down to the upbringing I'm not the one to attend religious functions and events or anything like that I won't go out of my way to watch a religious program on tv or anything or go out of my way to attend a temple mm. um so yeah but I think from the bottom of my heart I've got that sort of traditional upbringing and that sort of makes me a little bit tradition. Traditional. 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 <laughs> um, okay, great. So you're married into a Punjabi family. Mm. And personally, I only realised after getting married how different traditions can be within the caste. So obviously where I come from, the religion that I am, obviously I'm Hindu, but I'm something called Sindhi, um, which I mentioned during the intro. And we don't really have, well, we do have a caste system, but it doesn't feel like it's so, um, it's so strong and it's so sort of powerful as it is when I've entered the Gujarati sort of um, caste religion. I don't even know what you call it. But um, so I found like some stuff quite confusing and I don't do things that don't make sense to me. So it's been quite hard to, to, to do this stuff. So I guess the question is, is I know everybody's experience is different, What's it been like for you? And also, being somebody who's in their 30s, it's quite hard to develop new ideas, I find, personally, and new beliefs as well. So has it affected you to be brought into a new tradition? Have you been torn at all between sort of your husband's traditions and your own? And just what's it like to be in part of a new culture? It's a real tricky one because you don't want to upset the older generation and cause issues in your new home and family. But we are the questioning generation. I question everything. Like even with my mom, if she wants to do something at home, I'll be like, yeah, but why? Mm. You know, we, we're constantly, yeah, but why? Um, and my parents are fairly religious. You know, I've, I've grown up seeing my mom spend hours in the mandir room. We used to do arti every Sunday, fasting on big religious days, not eating meat on certain days. But I'd say it's more of the last 10 years I've worked on myself and followed more of the spiritual path. And it's allowed me to find my own routine that works for me and my own well-being. We've got a temple room at my parents' house, which, you know, I, I prayed in daily. But my routine was to light two incense sticks and then go through my own type of prayer, which included like a daily gratitude. But since February last year, after suffering with like lower back issues, I had a healing session where the healer used Palo Santo, showing me how to set intentions and clear anything that no longer serves me completely changed my mindset and I, I started see, setting intentions and seemed to have cleared negative energy my health my back you know healed I saw results and that was like a turning point for me and I've been burning Palo Santo ever since so Sati's Hindu Punjabi so it's a different part of India um, originated like from Punjab I 
his family is fairly religious, but it is different to what I've been taught over the last 30 odd years. So not only is it harder to adjust, you know, obviously the older I am, I'm set in my own ways and obviously Sat is set in his own ways. And we, but we, we're still trying to adjust and find a mutual compromise. He's a big believer in compromising and we're just both probably trying to find our own methods together. And a prime example recently is that his family celebrate Navratri in a big way. So Navratri is a Hindu tradition. It actually comes twice in the year. Um, my family, we've, uh, the big one that I celebrate is the one towards the end of the year, around about October time, just before Diwali, where we, you know, host Garuba and Dandia events. Um, so, um, Sati's family, they carry out a ritual on the eighth day. And I always recall my mum making kheer. Kheer is like rice pudding. Um, makes a few rotlis and offers it as brashad in our temple at home. But in my new family, Sati's family, they make halva. So it's a, it's a different sweet dish. This time, Sati and I had a chat about it and we compromised to carry out both ways. And we did, you know, we, we made the halwa, we made the kid, we made the rotli, we offered it as prashad to the temple at the house. And in my opinion, there is no right or wrong. It, if anything, it pleased his family that we were doing it. And it actually, my mom was extremely impressed as well and it made her happy too. So we... It was nice to do things and we kind of compromised with how we were going to do it. And we often mistake something that is superstition to being religious. Like we've, we've grown up thinking we don't follow, you know, if we don't follow something, then something bad's going to happen or someone's going to die or something. Or someone's going to have bad luck, like the whole hair scenario, you know, can't wash your hair on a Wednesday because it's bad luck for your brother. But then in Saiti's family... They don't wash their hair on a Thursday because it's bad luck for your brother. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? Again, there's no right or wrong, you know, it's superstition. Um, I've since, honestly, since being married, I've learned far more superstition and cultural beliefs. It's honestly given me a headache. But I started writing a book a few years ago about superstition and culture, and I, I definitely have a lot more content now. But that's my philosophy. As long as you're doing something with a pure heart, there is no right or wrong way of doing things. Yeah, I think you touched on it. I think superstitions is what makes it really quite confusing and quite difficult. And I, like I said, I think I sort of let go of superstitions quite a long time ago because I don't really understand why you do them. Like I know there was one, um, especially in obviously being Hindu, is if you um, jingle your keys, um, there's going to be fights in the house or something. And I was like, <laughs> that is just like, that is just ridiculous. Um, and there was another one as well where if you put your, um, if you put the, like you can't put bins out at night and I was just like you know where does this come from and I kind of remember saying to my parents like hold on a second okay so first of all there's probably some auntie Marcy grandma who jiggles some keys and then yes. there was an argument in the house and that then all of a sudden it became like that is that is it you can't like you can't cannot jingle keys and I said with a bin at night like come on let's be honest maybe back in the day well yeah maybe back <laughs> in the day maybe back in the day you know they didn't have lights they didn't put bins out at night but hello we don't have that problem anymore so I'm not yeah. doing it and I think actually I used to believe in so many superstitions like it was ridiculous and I remember I decided one day I was just going to stop and it's the best thing I've ever done because then it's like I make my own destiny, my own life. So I just stopped everything. It's like, it will be fine if I say it's going to be fine. So yeah, that's how I changed it all. But um, so let's just continue. Sorry, I just had to say that because I do think some superstitions are just so, just so crazy. Um, no, so the list is endless because is I mean, endless. there's one, it's so funny. My dad, he's full of them and they just, I have to laugh. Like um, I've got two cats at my mum and dad's house. 
And um, I generally cut one of the cats, his nails are so long that he scratches you. So I like to cut them. So if I end up saying it on a Friday, as like, tomorrow I'm going to cut your nails, mm. my dad would be like, no, it's Saturday, you can't cut his nails. I'm like, what difference does it make? <laughs> it makes no difference what day it is of the week I have to cut his nails. It's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I was. I remember. I used to think about there was um. This is an English tradition, I think. But when you see like one magpie, it's like bad luck or something. Oh yes. And then I swear, every time I used to think that something bad used to happen, it's because I'm attracting bad luck, right? Yes, that's so right. I remember, and somebody said to me, the reason why that whole superstition is there because when you see one magpie, it's because um they magpies always go in twos because they have like a partner with them or something like that. So please don't quote me because this is I don't remember exactly, but this is roughly. So when you see um magpies in twos they've got like a lover somebody to be around with but what it's if it's just one their partner's died so that's why you only see one around so I was like are you serious like is this what I'm basing my life on like a story oh, this is ridiculous so I literally was like I'm not doing anything anymore and the way everything changed I wasn't attracting negativity like literally I'd be like oh my god one magpie something bad's gonna happen and then something bad would happen and I, was I know like, you're attracting serious? it yeah that's something right. I think is like you know you're attracting these things if you think about them so I decided to just let go of everything I think that's why as well I think that's why the whole cross-cultural marriage and when you're married into family that does have a lot of traditions and superstitions when you're so you don't believe in them because you don't understand and people can't give you answers like you said we're really really curious we can't like Mm. you can't tell me why we're doing something I don't understand why I need to do it so yeah I think I'm just I'm just quite difficult to be honest it's it's just the truth so (laughs) with me and my husband um we date a long distance he's in Leicester he was in Leicester and I was in London I'm in Leicester now so we didn't spend much time with in-laws in fact it was only after I got engaged I actually spent time with in-laws started to go to different occasions and I don't think I met the extended family till much later as well so I always say to friends who do marry outside their culture or their religion that it's really important to spend time with the family and to get to know the family and to understand the traditions and ask questions and also just to learn what your partner's life has been like so you can understand them better just so it doesn't feel so overwhelming and distant and so different from your own beliefs and ideas I also work with a lot of women so with the mentoring side of things what I found is that a lot of women get married and lose their identity Um, it's hard whether it's a cross-cultural marriage or it's just any kind of marriage It's just there's so much going on at the time. So people can lose themselves. And I think especially when you leave your own culture, it's important to get that support from your partner just so you don't feel like left out and isolated as well. So what advice would you give someone leaving their own culture and getting married into a new one? I totally agree with what you're saying, that it's so important to spend as much time with the in-laws before the marriage. Um, Sati encouraged it, to be honest, and not only... Was I going to be living in a different part of London? So I'm in East London now. I've been, my mum and dad's at home is in Northwest London. But there's also the different dynamics, the culture is different, and even the language. Because my parents are home, we speak Gujarati, here they speak Punjabi. And half the time, I don't even understand the word that they're saying. But, you know, it's important to be open-minded and be prepared to adjust. I know it's harder as you get older, but you have to, otherwise it just doesn't work. And even if you were marrying in the same caste or the same religion or the same language, the household routine, the methods of doing things, the way they cook, you know, even down to the brands that they use, their upbringing, everything is always going to be different to your own. And most of this we only identify and understand once we move in and start living with it. It's important not only for the husband, but also the rest of his family to accept a new person joining. You may think different 
you know, the person joining may think differently and do things in a different way. The entire family have to adjust and be open-minded as it impacts everyone. But I was lucky to have spent a fair bit of time outside his home to, you know, get to know his family, see what they were like in the comfort of their own home, how they kind of like watch TV, how they eat together. And this helped me massively in settling in. Okay, so the final question is always the same. Why don't we talk? So in this case, why don't we talk about cross-cultural marriages? So it's not, I think it's not that we don't talk. I feel like personally, what I feel is, I do think it's easier to stay in your own caste or your own traditions or whatever. And again, I feel like there's so many sort of separate things here. There's upbringing, there's traditions, there's culture, there's, um, you know, superstitions. And I think obviously by staying within your own sort of caste or whatever, it does help you to understand things better because somebody's doing something similar to you. And what I feel like is we don't talk because we don't necessarily want to upset others or to admit to ourselves that perhaps it is hard. And I think marriage is hard anyway. You know, marriage isn't, it does involve, like you said, compromise. It involves, um, you know, you have to be a bit open-minded. You have to be ready to adjust, just like you said as well. I feel like there's so much going on when you get married. Perhaps your own needs and reflections also get missed as well so it's taken me about three years to settle into marriage and I also obviously always also had the problem problem challenge of moving to a new city um I'm I didn't know anything about Leicester I'd basically never left London and it's a very different way of thinking up north that I didn't I had no like no awareness of at all so I'm further on in the marriage process and I know your views are probably going to be different so can you answer and tell me why do you think people don't talk about it? What's your perspective? Um, yeah, what do you think about this? I think, you know what they say, a lot of things stay behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people don't talk about what goes on in their marriage. But cross-cultural marriages, they're not as taboo as what they used to be, let's say, 20 years ago. Um, I believe my parents are just happy to see that I'm happy. And it doesn't. I don't think it would have mattered which culture I ended up marrying in. But it's what I said before, that even if it was the same cast, marriage is still hard. Mm. You know, the upbringing, the background, the brands they use, like, you know, it could be down to the way they make rotli. Like, the way I make rotli, chapatis, um, is completely different to the way the Punjabis make it. Um, you know, it's totally different. Really? But I'm, yeah, totally different. Down to, like, the rolling pin is totally different. <laughs> so, you know, and I've tried it their way, and but I'm so comfortable you know, being in my own way. And I find it really hard to adapt. And I'm so just used to my own methods of mm. making rotlis. So, you know, that's just a, a minor example of um, how things can be so different. But, I mean, we, for me, it doesn't matter. I fell in love with Sai for who he is. And it, you know, I was having a bonus that the family is loving and very respectful. And I think that's important for my parents too. But his upbringing, I think, is far more powerful than the culture itself but um i mean we started 2020 with the like a positive and excitement of you know the wedding was getting closer um the entire dynamics of the household and everything changed when my mother-in-law passed away mid-january um literally it was like weeks before the wedding and leading up to the wedding i, I think it's just all a bit of a blur i mean it's emotionally impacted the entire family um, I'm thinking I should be excited right now, becoming a new bride, entering a new family. It should be an exciting time for me. 
But yet, on the flip side of it, we've just lost a big pillar of the family. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to think, except that I ended up meeting a lot of his extended family before the wedding because of the, you know, the gatherings and everyone coming to pay their respects and everything. And they had that opportunity under the, you know, unfortunate under the circumstances, they had that time before the wedding to get to know me. They, I don't think they would have had that time after the wedding to get to know me the way they did over the course of like a week or so before the wedding and during the funeral um, time. But I think it's also a blessing that we didn't change the wedding dates. You know, we're on lockdown together now. I think I would have been lost if I wasn't with Sati right now. It's um, completely been a mixture of emotions. We've been there to support each other, find our own routine together. I'm in a new home and a new area. I'm the only female in the house, which is kind of scary. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have a close circle of friends, but, you know, I, that I can share my emotions with, I can talk to, but I'm very, very lucky that I can openly communicate with Sati and we can share the thoughts and feelings and I can openly say to him, like, this is how I've always known to do things. How do you do things? And, you know, let's compromise on certain things. Um, and I think his family have been very, very welcoming to accept me, knowing that I'm from a different culture as well. Mm. But, and I think that's really important too. Yeah, no, you're right. I think um, I think it's important to have people that you can speak to. Um, you know, your husband is one. But what I found, and this is obviously further on, I found that sometimes if it's if it's something within the family, it can be quite a sensitive subject as well, especially if upbringing is different and you don't agree with traditions. And I do think it's helpful then to talk to other people about, you know, what you're feeling and if it's not, you know, if you've got a friend who's also in that same tradition, sometimes they can explain it better, I feel, than perhaps your husband. Because I find that sometimes people don't always always know what they're doing and why they're doing it as well. So it does help to have, like you said, a group of friends and to just kind of stay as open and honest about things as well along the way. And I think that's something that needs to be remembered when you do step into any new family, really, not just cross-cultural, but just share what you're feeling and how you're feeling and don't be scared to hear other people's opinions as well because that, I feel like, really, really helps you to adjust better as well. I, yeah, totally right. I think it's also feeling of embarrassment, like mm. me trying to ask, let's say, for example, an aunt in Sati's family or my father-in-law or any of his siblings something, I would sometimes almost feel like a little bit embarrassed, whereas I'd feel far more comfortable asking a friend who was Punjabi, for example, and mm. say, right, like, this is my situation. How do you guys do things? Mm. And how do you ad- adopt certain thing or how do you cook this certain dish or yeah. something you know I, I'm blessed in the sense that like Sati siblings they're very very loving and they've really made me feel comfortable they've taught me so much and I feel I can pick up the phone and just call them anytime I need to so it's been brilliant but mm. sometimes there is that that's why you know maybe due to that embarrassment and also lang- language barrier as well yes, of course. them trying to explain something to me in Punjabi I'm, I'm just not going to understand that whereas me trying to ask a friend or someone else it would be easier and sometimes they forget that you don't know like I have been yeah. in like a situation where I've had somebody speak Gujarati to me and I can pick up bits of it like I understand the basics but I can't really be part of the conversation because yeah. I have no real idea what they're saying. And I think people forget. And you have to be like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, even just saying, I don't understand. It does feel quite uncomfortable as well because they've had, they've been speaking for like 20 minutes. 
<laughs> I know. There, I've been in situations like that as well. I actually said it in my wedding reception speech. I said, I don't know if you guys have actually realised, but I don't understand a word you say. <laughs> and we all laughed about it. But I'm like, I'm being honest, I don't understand. And Punjabi is a language which is just spoken so fast and with yeah. such aggression. Yeah, <laughs> I'm true. like, are they arguing? Are they discussing dinner? Or what are they doing? <laughs> so true. It's so true. And actually, I think... Um, you know, language is one thing, but also like we spoke about upbringing, you know, I think if your upbringing is similar to your partner's and you understand that there is a similarity there, I do think it makes it easier. I think for me, being Sindhi and, and having family in all other countries, we didn't really have much family here. So we mm. didn't really spend time with family, whereas my husband is very used to being with his family because all his family moved over here from Africa. And that is for me, sometimes I feel quite overwhelmed by so many people, but that's what they're used to because they've been doing that their whole life. And I have to say, if you are getting married, well, if you're getting married full stop, whether it's outside your culture or whether it's just somebody else, it's good to understand that, to say, you know, what did you do as a child? You know, what did, how did you used to spend time together? Where did, you know, did you, did you go away? Did you see family? Because I don't have much family. Like we couldn't just pop off to Manila to go see my aunt or pop off to like, you know, I don't know, like to Dubai. So we just, we had a lot of friends as well, you know, so friends is family. So I do think that's important. Like upbringing has got a lot to do with it as well that we just forget about. It just doesn't yeah. seem, you know. So yeah, so thank you, Harry, so much. Thanks for just being honest. You're welcome. And open. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. Thank you guys for listening. I will be back on the next episode, which I hope you guys will enjoy. And I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you like what you heard, you can rate, review us and subscribe to get future episodes. If you want to learn more about me, you can find me on Instagram at I am Renuravalia. Have a great day and I'll speak to you on the next episode. Bye.